0: Pastor John, thank you for that reminder. God is in control. Last week, as Pastor John was preaching, God spoke to me through Pastor John in such a a special way. Um, I went back this week, and I listened to the sermon again. I've often stressed, you know, we record those sermons, so if you miss it, this week it hit me, We also record those so you can go back and catch what you missed. John was sharing last week uh, from the book of Acts of how Paul wanted to go and, and the journey as they were traveling on. And how God didn't direct them the way they thought they would go. But then he also talked about how we have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And so actually using the exact same title, the same verses, when I shared with Pastor John this week of what God was laying on, us, on my heart, he said, well, let's just tag team these. He started the message. I'm going to continue on with those same verses. In fact, if we'll put up, uh, this is a direct continuation. This was Pastor John's last slide from last week. So if you missed it, catch the, the, the recording, go back. If you are here, as a way of reminder, Pastor John was sharing with us how we have to remain in the Holy Spirit. We have to stay there. We have to keep the relationship fresh. We have to remain in his word. He said we have to recognize how God is at work. We have to look around and see what God's doing. And we have to know. We have to know God is in control. That's not just to think God is in control. We have to really know it in our hearts. And so this week, I want to continue more on the practical application of how we do that, both individually and collectively as a church. So let's read together again. The beginning verses of Acts chapter 16. Paul came also to Derby to Lystra to disciples. Excuse me, I just bit my tongue. <clears throat> now I'm going to try again. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to take Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were in those places for all knew that his father was Greek. As they went their way through their cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of, of Pyrgia, excuse me, Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bith- Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared, appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to um, Samoth. and I practiced these words this week, Samothras, and, and the, on the following day <clears throat> to Nip- Nipolis. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after he was, she was baptized, <clears throat> and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Heavenly Father, together we have read your word. We ask that you speak to us through your word. Give me the words to say of what you've laid on my heart but more importantly lord speak to each and every heart here speak to us individually and speak to us collectively as a church as we've come to this decision point where we know something has to change teach us lord show us which direction we need to go it's in jesus name amen It would be one of those mornings where the dyslexia seems to kick in even more than normal, but, you know, God's word will prevail. One of the things that strikes me most about this passage is that Paul wanted to take Timothy to deliver this letter to the churches. Now, what was this letter that they were delivering? This letter said you don't have to follow Old Testament law. You do not have to be circumcised. In fact, they're saying this is a false teaching that you have to be circumcised to be a believer. And what did Paul do? He takes Timothy out and has him circumcised to deliver the letter that says you don't have to be circumcised. Now, think about that for just a minute. (laughs) Did Timothy have to do that? I love, I, I, I got some people shaking heads. No, no, he had the right. In fact, later, Paul encourages men if you were not circumcised when you became a believer, do not do it. But yet, here was Timothy. And Paul takes him and has him circumcised. Why? Because sometimes we have to do things we don't like to do. Sometimes we have to give up our rights. Timothy had a right as a believer. He was free not to be circumcised. But he surrendered that right. And sometimes we have to give up our rights, both individually and collectively. The Bible says, I don't have to do this, but sometimes you do it anyway for effectiveness. Can you imagine? Here's a little little dialogue. I actually wrote this for a, a a training manual for another organization. Um. Can you imagine the conversation outside of the synagogue between Paul and Timothy? Poor Timothy. Why am I doing this? Oh, Oh, so that you can work with the Jews. But doesn't this letter say I don't need to do this? Yes, but it'll make it easier to work with the Jewish people. But aren't you called to the Gentiles? Yes, but I always go to the synagogue too. And there are many Jewish people who need to hear that Jesus is the Messiah. Will it make me a better Christian? No. It doesn't affect salvation. But it will allow you for more opportunities for you to tell about Christ. Then after this long pause... Timothy says, will it hurt? (laughs) And then Paul's probably going to refer him to the book of Genesis. You remember that city? The guys hurt so bad they couldn't defend themselves. Um, Yeah, Timothy underwent physical pain. This wasn't something I think he just said, hey, I want to go do this. They didn't have the anesthesia, the deadening. It was physically painful. And who's checking anyways? I mean, do they have somebody at the synagogue checking? Oh. But he did it so that he could be more effective, so that when Paul went into the synagogue, Timothy could go in right beside him. When they went to that place of prayer, Timothy could go right beside him. It didn't matter. It cut down a barrier. It knocked down a barrier. And so he underwent the pain and the suffering just so he could be more effective. He could go more places to share the gospel. And sometimes... You have to do what you do not want to do in order to accomplish his will. We face that as a church. I face that personally. I hate afternoon services. I do. I fall asleep. Besides that natural low, my medication kicks in about then, but then maybe I wouldn't wander around so much when I'm trying to preach. But, but you know what? Sometimes you do what you don't want to do to accomplish God's will. I didn't want to come back to Hungary. I'd been an English teacher in Hungary, and when Carolyn and I finished our work in Romania, I wanted to go live someplace I hadn't lived before. They talked to us about this position. I said, I've already lived in Hungary for a year. I want to go someplace new. And on the 19th, just a couple days ago, we celebrated 20 years of full-time service in Hungary. And the people were so excited. We arrived in Hungary on the 19th. The people were so excited. They threw a big parade for us on the next day. On the 19th of August, 2003, we moved to Debrecen, and the people were so excited. They threw a big parade for us and had fireworks on the next day. I'm just sure it was all about us. No, it's not about us. We took seven months to pray about what our next steps were. And when God led us here, there was just nothing but a peace in our heart that said, yes, that's the next step. And we went and we did it. And I am so glad we did. Because it's been 20 years of a place of service that God has shown us, and he's reinforced over and over, this is the place for you. I don't know what the future holds. And I'm going to share a little bit more about my personal testimony. You know, sometimes you have to give up your rights, and sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do for the good of the team, for the good of the group. Now, it's pretty obvious I'm not a runner. People don't look at me and say, oh, man, this guy runs. I can tell he runs every day. I actually do run every single day to the refrigerator. (laughs) In fact, I run that trip several times. I've never liked running alone. I I, I don't. I've never enjoyed it. But I used to run three miles, that's five kilometers, every single day when I was in university. But it's because I served on a cheerleading squad. And I ran every day, not because I liked running. I didn't like running. I ran every day because I wasn't going to let that group down. I did it for their sakes and there may be something that god's asking you said you don't you you have your rights you have your wants you have your desires but you may have to give those up for the good of the group for the good of the church for the good of christ's body you have to examine yourself why do i want to do this Peter, not Peter, Timothy had to ask himself, why am I going to do this? I don't have to. But he did it anyway. But there's something else. I hated running alone. But I loved running in the army. I loved running in the army. You've got the whole company out there and they're running and everybody's left foot is hitting the ground at the same time everybody's right foot is hitting the ground at the same time if you've been part of a marching band or drill team you know what that's like yeah you know, my wife's doing yeah the marching band thing she she was never in the army but she was part of a marching band for years and years and well not that many years but <laughs> and she loved being part of that being part of the big picture and you're out there, and you're running. Everybody's left foot's hitting the same time. Everybody's right foot's hitting the same time. And you're running in step, and you've got your drill sergeant calling cadence. And, and the, 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 uh, uh, you're answering back. All the soldiers are answering back, and you're all together in it. And you get to do really fun things like sing songs about your grandmother. And in the army, you can sing songs about your grandmother and insult the guy next to you at the same time. You think I'm kidding? No, we had a cadence. You start out, left, 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 right, left, 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 right, left. Do the double time. Running all the time. When my granny was 92, she did PT better than you. And we used to (laughs) yell that back at the drill sergeant. I can show you who's better at PT. And it is just something because the energy that is there. Now, I want to ask you, if human beings can develop that kind of energy together, being in step, being united in purpose, how much more can the Holy Spirit, how much more can the God of the universe, how much more can the creator God create that sense of unity? Unity. But it only comes when we're in step with God and in step with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) When you're out of step, you step on the person's shoe in front of you. (laughs) Because you're running close enough together. If somebody gets out of step, you're stepping on someone else's foot. You have to stay in step. If you can't keep in step, you have to fall out to the side. You stay in step, and you see with this team, they want to be together. And Timothy wants to be right there by Paul when he goes in the synagogue, and Timothy's going to be right there in the prayer meeting when when they're sharing with Lydia. They're going to be together, and to be together, he had to go do something he didn't want to do. Or if he did want to do it, he had some mental problems. But he did it anyway. And that's what we often have to do. So what's God asking you to give up today? Look at what happened in the church. Verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Every day. They increased in numbers daily. And what's going to happen to this church if God gives us just one person per day? If he gives us a daily increase, I'm still praying to be part of something like Pentecost, where we multiply 25 times in one day. That's what I'm praying for. I can't let that go. That's what I want to be part of. I want to be part of something that is explosive. Many, many times, not one or two people a day. I want to be part of one of the movements where they're counting churches planted by day. Where there's so many people coming to Christ, they can't keep count. That's what I want to be part of. But it doesn't happen if you're out of step with the Holy Spirit. You have to remain. See, I'm coming back to Pastor John's last slide. You have to remain with the Holy Spirit, and we have to remain in step with one another. I'm going to the next section. When this is this is one of those things when Paul's wanting to go preach the gospel. They went through the region of Galatia, and they were. Forbidden, forbidden by the Holy Spirit. To speak the word in Asia. When they'd come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying... Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, according, uh, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul had a place he wanted to go. Now, Paul always had a plan. He had his desires. He had a place he wanted to go. But Paul always had a plan. Some people say, well, it doesn't actually say that. Well, how do you know where to buy the ticket to? You know, that's kind of a logical thing. But Paul wrote the church in Rome. He had never even met them. He said, hey, I'm going to be going on my way to Spain. I'm going to stop by, and you guys can help me out financially. (laughs) That's what he did to a church he didn't even know. He hadn't even met the people yet. And he says, hey, by the way, you're going to help me out. I'm coming He had times where he wanted to travel, and he says, hey, I want to be there by the feast. He he set dates even where he was trying to get to places. He had his desires, the place he wanted to go. But God said, no, that's not it. Now, I just handled that a little bit different than how my notes have it, because God, I started with, we have to give up our desires, plans, and thoughts. But it just feels better right now this morning that to start with Paul's example. He gave it up, he had to surrender it. And it's an example for us. We have our plans, we have our desires, we have our thoughts. Oh, Lord, I just, I just think this would be so much better. But then we have to say, but you know, God, your thoughts are above my thoughts. God's thoughts are not man's thoughts, and man's thoughts are not God's thoughts. His his, his are so much above us. We have plans, but you know what it takes God to bring them to fruition? (laughs) We can plan all we want. But if we plan outside of the will of God, do you know what's going to happen? Anger, frustration. <laughs> it's not going to happen. See, God intended somebody else to go there. It's not that God says, oh, well, pfft, nobody needs to hear the gospel there. See, God had somewhere else for Paul to go, and he had someone else that was to go into Bithynia. Um, If you'll show the map, Istvan, just quickly on the map, you can see that area just south of the Black Sea. They'd gone through Galatia, and they'd gone up into this Asian, and they're trying to preach the gospel. God's saying, this isn't the place for you. All right, well, let's just go north. We're going to go north. We're going to go up there. And God said, no, this isn't the place for you. So they go back down to Troas. Now, how do I know somebody else preached the gospel there? Actually, if you read the uh, letter of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an, apis- an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadonia, Asia, Bithynia. It's right there. There, there, There's believers there. Somebody went there. Somebody shared the gospel. I don't know who it was. We do know that some of these areas had uh, people that were there on the day of Pentecost, But when Peter wrote that letter, he's writing to the churches in that area where God told Paul, don't go. This isn't your place of service. See, God had somebody else that was there. And so Paul goes down to Troas and just waits. Some years ago, Carolyn and I were having the feeling that um, the church where I was pastoring, that our time was coming to an end at that church. And uh, there was another church that uh, uh, it had been a mission church, and it was in a growing area. And they got my resume from the Association of Churches that we were part of. And I went in view of a call, and you know what? It was a really good church. It was a nice church. It was a mission church. It was an area where there could be lots of mission work, lots of uh, outreach. And everything just seemed like it was the right thing. But we turned it down. We just didn't have peace that that was the right thing to do. And they waited and they called another pastor to come. Some months later, I got a letter, a physical letter, (laughs) of one of the members of the church and said, we really felt like you were out of God's will when you didn't take our church. We thought you were the man of God, that you were the man that God wanted here but we realized it was great spiritual discernment on your part. Because God had somebody else that needed to be there. See, God needed a bilingual English-Spanish speaker to be in that church so that that pastor (laughs) could reach the brown sheep. That's how he phrased it in an email later when he was serving in a place where he couldn't write out the words. See, God needed somebody else in that church because it was a growing Hispanic community. And I don't speak Spanish. Even though the church was white, the community was changing, and he needed somebody else there for that. And sometimes... When you're waiting for God to show you the next step, He just makes you sit and wait. (laughs) Carolyn and I have shared how we waited for seven months praying before He showed us the time to come back to Hungary. Uh, Others gave testimony this morning of how they didn't really feel the call to this place, but God led them. Sometimes, doesn't make sense when it's like God. I want to be on mission for you, but it just feels like I'm treading water. I, I I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> they just went back to Troas and waited, and then Paul has a dream. There's this man from Macedonia saying, "Come help us," and they went. Now look at what Luke writes, when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Pastor John pointed out last week that this is the point where Saul, uh, not Saul, where Luke joins the team. Uh, He becomes part of the team where they go together. But you also notice God spoke to one person, and he shared that vision. And everybody's like, this is it. This is what God's saying. This is what we need to do. And sometimes God calls from one person. But you know what? The whole team, every one of them, had to go out and buy their ticket. (laughs) I mean, they, they have to get on a boat and set sail. They had to go buy their tickets, set sail. They had to take the step of faith. They had to leave Troas, and they had to get on the boat, and they had to go to somewhere else. And it's kind of what I feel like the Lord's saying here. This place is too small. You need your ticket. (laughs) Where's that boat setting sail? Well, we're still praying about it. As Pastor John was sharing this morning, we're still praying We want you to pray with us. And they went on then to Acts, or they went on to Troas. And we read in the next verses in the book of Acts that they came to the city of Philippi. And how many people did they know there? It was a new place and they knew no one. (laughs) It was like, new place? Knew no one. Um, that's how Carolyn and I were when we landed in this city. New place, we didn't know anybody. Nobody. We found somebody in Budapest that connected us with a, a translator to help us uh, get the contract for our apartment. Um, just happened to be someone that would become friends and through, through the years of sometimes working side by side, other times in other projects, we landed into a new place and we didn't know anyone. But what happened with Paul and Timothy and Luke and the other members of that team they were Jewish. They were Jewish, what we today we call Jewish background believers. But at this point, the Christian church had not separated from Judaism. And so they went down to the river. That means there wasn't a synagogue in Philippi. They had to go down to the river. They think there's going to be prayer meeting down there. That's where their prayer meetings met. And he goes down, and there's nobody but ladies. It's a bunch of ladies down there praying. And they began to share. You see what is happening? God's using their natural connections. They're Jewish, so they go to the Jewish prayer meeting. And they begin to share that Jesus is the Messiah. They use their natural connections. Now, I wasn't going to cover these verses at first. The Lord was just laying on my heart that, that we need to reinforce that only you are you. You have natural connections for the service of God that nobody else has. You can reach people, you can talk to people, you can bring people one step closer to God in a way no one else can. God has uniquely created you to be you and he's created you with connections for the good of the body and for the good of the kingdom of God. They used their natural religion, the Jewish religion, to go down and to share that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. God used our natural connection with the Hungarian church to get IBCD started. When we were talking about, when we were meeting, we were praying We went to talk to the church leadership first. And God used the connection. He used the connection that John and Amanda had built over a number of years and said, this is what God's laying on our heart. And what did they do? They said, hey, you can meet in this place. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't like, no, we're not sure. We better pray about that. They said, oh, we've been praying about this. The natural connections. And it may be that God's asking us to use that same connection for the next step. I still personally just lack the calm peace that God brings. When he says he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm waiting for that. And if God doesn't give it about this, he'll give it somewhere else. But I believe God's asking us to maintain the connection no matter what the next step is. That it's going to be a long-term relationship of working together. And we came out of that natural connection. It was that connection that started the Bible study, the English Bible study. It was out of the English Bible study that came this church. Supported and helped by our mother church, and we want each individual to be part of that. And whether we go to that building as we were praying about, or we go somewhere else, or we do something completely different, I don't know. God may just say, Oh, here, let's take it up really good, you know. Uh, Not sure what God's saying, but it comes to the time. Where it's, let's, okay, God, let's lay it on the altar. Let's lay it on the altar before you. For the call to action, I just want a time of quiet contemplation. I want you to think about some things. Just you and God. We're not to the invitation yet. This is just between you and the Lord. What is God asking you to give up in order to be more effective? What is God asking you to give up to be more effective for Him? What desires, plans, and thoughts? Is God asking you to surrender to him? They're not God's thoughts. They're your thoughts. They're not God's plans, your plans. Not God's desires. They're your desires. What is he asking you to surrender and to give to him this morning? What vision is God giving you for our church? How is He speaking to you? To you personally? Is God saying, This is what I want you to share with the church in the direction we need to go? We've asked you to pray. But we also want to hear what God's laying on your heart. Because if you're praying, we believe God's going to answer. Are you willing to get on the boat with us? God leads us to a place that's not convenient or a time that's not your favorite or not convenient, how many are willing to get on the boat with us and say, well, Lord, you made us part of this team and we're going. And I don't ask that in a condemning way. I ask that in an honest way because God may use the circumstances to lead you somewhere else. What connections do you have to connect people to Jesus? What are those natural connections, how God has uniquely designed you, uniquely placed you in your work, in your school? I believe even, we talk about even nationalities, language. Only you are you. And God wants to use you for his kingdom. Heavenly Father, this week you've led me through these questions for myself personally. Showing me things I need to sacrifice my own desires, plans, wills. That, Father, as you're sharing the vision for this church, we realize you speak to all believers. Just continue to guide us and lead us, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, you know that. In the honesty of my heart that I don't know if this is our Asia, our Bithynia, our Troas, or is this our Philippi? But Lord, more than anything else, we want to follow you. That your will be done, not ours. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.